0: chapter 1 verse 5 New Living Translation says this in view of all this make every effort to respond to God's promises make every effort to respond to God's promises the promise of faith the promise of the Holy Spirit but listen what it says next it says supplement those that go to the gym John will tell you all about supplements if you ask him but it says to supplement your faith what it means is to bring alongside to add to your existing faith your walk with god the promise is supplement your faith with a generous generous not a little piece i'm going to be a part good i'm going to be an okay husband i'm going to be an okay dad he says supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence And moral excellence with knowledge beginning. He's making a mix here. A milkshake, so to speak. John will tell you about mixing milkshakes. Don't get them started. He mixes some stuff that I'll be like, oh, man. (laughs) John, am I lying? You you know how to mix. you you put it together. So he says to mix excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control. And self-control, which is self-discipline, with patience, endurance. Patient, endurance. Uh Uh-oh. That word patient with endurance. This is good word and patient endurance with godliness and with godliness brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. So God is telling us to put this effort into God's promises, but make sure you mix in the action and the effort on all these other characteristics. So what? Verse eight says, the more that you grow like this supplemented, healthy, mixed faith, the more you grow like this, the more productive. Say, productive. That's what I, I want a life that's productive, right? I want to put effort into something that produces. I want gains, John. The more productive and useful, useful, you will be in your knowledge with Jesus Christ. Not only will you grow, You'll be productive, but you'll know your knowledge with Jesus Christ because Jesus was not a man without effort. He is not a God that's not willing to do the work, to do whatever it takes to see the promise fulfilled. And so when you begin to mix faith with effort and action and live this way, you'll really know Christ. So this series, this is all this is about. To grow, to be productive, to be useful in the kingdom of God. And if we're going to put in the effort, we shouldn't be wasting that effort. Because a lot of us, we want to do these things. We're willing to put a little bit of effort, but we end up wasting time and wasting our effort. John's going to explain what wasted effort looks like. So this morning, I, I wanted to set the table and speak this word and to pray. That you really catch the heart of this series it's not just another oh here we're gonna go and do it this is to transform your life so let me pray over you and impart this father over every person in this church god that we would understand that this is a message of go this is a message of action this is a series of series of transformation god and if we really catch it in our hearts lord that you would not only transform us god but you will transform the circumstances around us that you would begin to change this community you would change this city god if we are willing to invest 100 percent effort into the things that matter, and so I thank you, God, that we would catch this in Jesus' name, Amen. So now I'm gonna tag in the dude that's gonna feed you. As I set the table, come here, give it up for Pastor John.
1: Praise God, Amen. Praise God. Don't trip out on my feet, Amen. I ain't got no shoes on right now. Praise God. And uh, yeah, once you guys bring that right up here, Amen. Uh, thank you guys. Amen. Uh, I have my left foot swollen. My right foot got a bone spurt. Amen. I know those are pretty difficult sometimes, but you know what? I don't let any of those things stop my effort this morning. Amen. And so, listen, we, we talked about Pastor Richard is bringing up, uh, you know, uh, the effort, the effort that we put in. And so I want to talk about how do we undo our efforts? Hello, somebody. I mean, really, how, how do we undo our efforts? We come to the house of God. We might go to a a Friday night life group. We might come to, you know, church faithfully on Sundays. But it's so easy to undo our efforts, isn't it? Sometimes, amen. We make a plan, we have a goal, and we do all these things. And then all of a sudden, during the course of the week, it is so easy to undo our efforts. But is it really? Is it really that easy to undo our efforts? And so this morning, I want to talk about I want to talk about Samson this morning. I want to talk about a man who had an incredible gift from God. I want to talk about a man that killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. I want to talk about a man this morning that the Bible says that his mom got a visitation from the angel of the Lord and she could not have any babies. The Bible calls her barren. She could not have any children at all, but an angel of the Lord shows up in the middle of a field and the angel of the Lord begins to speak to her and tells her that you are going to have a child and this child is going to be a child that is special. This is going to be a child that I am going to raise up to to beat the Philistines who had Israel what locked down for 40 years because Israel was in disobedience. And so God begins to raise up a young man by the name of Samson. By the way, Samson in the Hebrew meaning sun, S-U-N. The brightness of God is about to show up, amen. The brightness of God is about to show up on the people of Israel. And so this morning, I want to really touch on this. And if you put up that first scripture, amen, you'll see my props, these fancy props that I have up here. And... uh, just keep this in mind. This dolly is God. I want you to keep in mind that this dolly right here is God. I said on Wednesday, I said on Wednesday that Delilah gets just way too much credit. I mean, be, be honest, every time you hear the story of Samson, I mean, if there's anyone that gets glorified in the story of Samson, it's Delilah, isn't it? When you hear Samson, immediately you go, oh, it was that lady Delilah. It was Delilah's fault. Oh, she did it, man. She must have had them eyebrows working, huh? She had them eyelids going, amen. Oh, she was wearing a little something, something that got a hold of Samson, amen. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. And so here's Samson, you know, and we look at uh, we look at Delilah and Samson, and Delilah and Samson being the strength of this story. But what if I told you that Delilah gets way too much credit? What if I told you that probably every time you've heard the story of Delilah and Samson, it's almost been painted as a picture as if Delilah was the one who absolutely faltered and dismantled Samson. What if I told you this morning that's absolutely not true? Come on, somebody. Look what it says in Judges sixteen fifteen. Then she said to him. How can you say I love you? Uh-oh. Uh, oh, look at that. He's all, yeah, How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? Uh-oh, she's using that I love you. Uh-oh. You have mocked me these three times, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. Next verse. And it came to pass when she pestered him, hmm, Daily with her words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. His soul was vexed to death. I got little kids. I, well, never, well, I got one now. One's this big. One's the others. But, you know, you know, we have children and they really, really want something. But you know that what they really, really want isn't really, really good for them and they begin to pull on your shirt mama please please i mean they're just doing this whole deal right some of some of our kids will do it in the middle of the store thinking they're going to get you with a little bit of pressure because they know people are watching come on now right and all that pestering and all that you know please 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 and the nagging and the pulling of the shirt and all the stomping and all that good stuff you know they're 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 really trying to make uh, Get you to change their mind so that they can get something that is really bad for them. And as parents, what do we do? Do we give in to that? Sometimes we might be a little weakened by it. And that's the truth. But if we know that it's really, really bad for them and we know that that's not good for my child. uh, What do we, we, we make the stance and we say, no, that's not good for you. No, I can't give that to you. And and these are the reasons why. And you don't give in and you don't give it to them because they're pestering you. For some reason, it always puzzled me why Samson really gave away his strength. And, you know, I'll tell you what, man. Last week, I was really, really bugged. And, you know, it actually started two years ago for me when I started hearing the stories of Samson and Delilah. I started thinking, why was it that? How is it that he just he just gave in all of a sudden to a woman by the name of Delilah? How is it? How was it that he just all of a sudden just one day wants to give up this incredible gift that God has given him to destroy an army like the Philistines all because this one lady named Delilah? I mean, was she really that powerful? What was it about Samson that he was vexed to death? Amen. You see, the constant battle was weighing in. How many know in life we have a constant battle that will challenge our efforts? Amen. Every single day of our life, until you go home to be with Jesus, until I go home to be with Jesus, we will be in a constant battle. Hello, every single day of our life. But the truth is today, this morning is even though we all face constant battles in life, guess what? we have a decision and an option we have an, a power and an authority and we have and we can absolutely face the constant battles in life the right way but we also can do it the wrong way you see these constant battles samson was facing was trying to get him to a place of undoing his effort you see constant battles that you face daily They're trying to get you to undo your effort this morning. The reality is the only one that can undo your effort is you. The only one that can undo my effort is me. Your neighbor can't undo your effort. The crazy boss you have at work can't undo your efforts. I hope you're not sitting with your boss right now. Amen. There's only one person in this room. That can undo your effort and that person is you that person is me But I had a question this morning And the question was is this is who is samson? Why did he really undo his effort and where did it start for samson? I mean, I know for sure that delilah gets way too much credit and it didn't start with delilah You see look what the bible says Let's figure out who samson is Numbers chapter 6 verse 2. This is what the Bible says. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them when either a man or a woman is consecrated as an offering to to take the vow of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord. This is Moses speaking into the people of Israel in the book of Numbers. This is before Samson is born. Samson was when Samson was born, when the angel of the Lord showed up to his mom and then unto his dad, he says, your child shall be like that of an Nazarite. Your child is, will, will not get involved in strong drink, cannot partake in any wine. In fact, when she was pregnant, the Bible says this. The Bible says that mama wasn't even allowed to eat grapes. Oh, no, Jesus, not the grapes. I love grapes. I'm not kidding you. When I read that, I was like, oh, man, Lord, I love grapes. I really did that. (laughs) Amen. That's how serious the vow was on Samson's life. He was a Nazareth. Amen. From birth. But you see, the thing is, is that Samson, he was separated and he was dedicated to God. Now, I want to get into some things where I believe that when Delilah shows up, Samson doesn't have the strength of God. Because how many know we need the strength of God? Amen. I'm going to give you a few examples of Samson right before he meets Delilah. In Judges 14, 6 through 9, you go home and read it for yourself. Samson tears a lion limb from limb uh, defending himself, but he fails to clean himself from touching a carcass of an animal. You see, a Nazarite wasn't permitted to touch a dead animal. And so here he is, he tears apart a lion. He's got his hands in the carcass. He already violated what God said not to do. Samson then goes back later to find that same lion, that same carcass, and it's filled with honey. And he eats honey from the carcass. And not only does he eat the honey from the carcass, but he takes his hands and he goes back in there. He eats the honey and he takes it to mom and dad. That's like dropping a sandwich on the floor, turning it around and give it to your mama. Oh, some of you guys did that in this room, huh? Huh? All right, you better have a conversation with mom and dad after this. Amen. Watch this. So according to Deuteronomy chapter 14, this is why verses 6 and 9 says, he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Come on now. He wasn't confessing his sin Back into his mom or dad. But ultimately, his sin against his parents was secondary because the primary sin of undoing his efforts was that he was then rebelling against God. He was walking in disobedience. Watch this. In Judges 15, Samson seeks revenge on the Philistine by catching 300 foxes, tying their tails together. Man, that must look crazy. And setting them through the Philistine crops to torch to destroy their crops. He disobeyed the command according to Deuteronomy 32, 35. Against, he, what did he do? He started seeking his own revenge. Samson wasn't inquiring of God. Samson was throwing a tantrum. Samson was upset. So Samson wanted to handle it his way. Not God's way. In Judges 16, one through, uh, uh, verse 1, Samson then, what does he do? He comes back to the gates. And, and Samson's going to go hang out with a prostitute. I don't need to go any further than that. We know that ain't the will of God. Hello, somebody. And so now we see that Samson, he's operating in all these things. Watch this. And then here comes Delilah. I want you to keep this in mind, undoing our efforts. Samson then, he sees Delilah. And he's in, he wants to get in relationship with Delilah, the Philistine woman. Samson shows his disobedience, according to Deuteronomy chapter 7, once again, by seeking a foreign wife. Remember, he's a Nazarite separated. And there was a vow to God. Listen, how many know that vows are important to God? How many know that when we make a vow unto the Lord, that God takes it serious and we should take it just as serious as God takes it? Amen. What's our vow look like this morning? What's our 100%? I mean, when we start talking about an effort, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it 100% effort. And, you know, I make this vow before the Lord. Listen, I'm going to put 100% in your vows matter this morning. Look at this. But the Bible says this in Judges 14, uh, one through three, when he meets Delilah, Samson's parents try to stop him from doing that, from hooking up with Delilah. But Samson replied by saying, the only thing that mattered to him, she is right in my eyes. Oh, no, no, this is right in my eyes. Oh, no, no, I'm going to do this because it's my dream and let me tell you one of the most crept in things in the churches today Uh, you know follow your dreams oh yeah i'm all for following dreams oh man go after go after your passion I, 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 i i get it but can i tell you that it's not the will of god if it isn't his will that is imparted into your heart Can I tell you, it's a dangerous thing that when you say, well, I've got a dream. Listen, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he had a dream, but that dream was imparted by God into his life, that he would see freedom begin to rain out through the whole nation. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't someone who said, I'm just going to do it because I think it's right. He was the one that, that God used, and he knew that it was of God to do the right thing for this nation. He wasn't operating on his own behalf. Here is Samson saying, no, no, no. Give me Delilah for she is right in my eyes. And then all of a sudden now, Delilah, I mean, she is cunning. She's probably beautiful. She's probably got this draw to her. Hello. And so you see, I have this dolly up here. I have this dolly and I have this chair. And, and, and we're talking about undoing the effort because we can be really good at undoing our efforts. But what gets us to quit? What gets us to stop? And so we say, well, it was Delilah. She just showed up. This is Delilah, by the way. This is Delilah. How you doing, Delilah? And so all of a sudden, Delilah just shows up. But aren't you more powerful than that in the Lord? I mean, aren't you stronger than that in God that when a Delilah does show up at your door that you know how to walk in an authority and in a power to say, no, no, hey, Delilah, what, you don't belong on this doorstep. You need to get out because this is the house of God. Oh, listen, I'm so filled with the presence of God and I'm so filled with God's word that I understand that when I begin to detect a Delilah, Delilah, you got to leave right now because I am a man and I am a woman of God. Come on, somebody. Pastor Richard started talking about supplements and supplementing your faith. But can I tell you that supplements do not work appropriately if you don't have the right nutrition? Can I tell you that? Can I tell you that you can take all the supplements you want? You can swallow all the pills that you want, but if you don't got the right nutrition, the supplements don't work the way they're supposed to work. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Proper nutrition maximizes the supplements that you take. Hello. Somebody help out the preacher this morning. So I got this dolly. And so I do things. You guys know I preach to the deaf, so I, you know, I do things with my hands. Amen. So here's Delilah. You see, with the dolly, we pick up boxes. I was even thinking about grabbing one of you guys and put up here and I was gonna chuck you up. So think, look at this. It's God. I'm in the hands of God. Right now, I'm in the hands of God. And so Samson in the beginning, we know that he was there was a vow that he, that he was called a Nazarite. And there is Delilah right over there. Delilah's not even in the picture. She's not even around. See, Delilah gets way too much credit. What the real problem was, is is that that Samson started weakening himself before Delilah even showed up. Oh, well, I I see that. I I like that. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. He stepped, but God didn't move. Oh, look at that lion. I'm going to tear him limb from limb. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to tear this lion up. I'm going to rip them up because i got a gift that's on my life. God has given me a gift, so I'm going to rip this line up. I'm going to tear it all up, and he tears that line up. But there's got to be something wrong about that because he was afraid to confess that to his mom and dad. The Bible says in the Old Testament to honor thy mother and thy father. But there was something that wasn't right about it, so he wouldn't confess it. So he took another step away from God then all of a sudden he he moves over again and, and, and he's getting into some more troubles the the me's and the eye attitudes and on the way back he sees honey inside the lion that he kills the bible says that he's a Nazarite. he's not supposed to touch a dead carcass but inside this deadness was some temptation Inside this deadness was some honey that he wanted to eat. Everybody in this room wants to eat some honey. Come on now. Everybody in here, there, you, 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 there is, there is a honey of your life. Can I tell you, you have the opportunity and the options to look at temptation and say no. No. And all of a sudden, what does he do? He goes and he starts digging into the honey and he starts eating it all up. It's not that he's eating honey. He's eating honey out of a dead carcass. I don't think anybody in here would reach into a dead dog and eat a Snickers bar. Oh, I got one hand that said, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We going to talk after service, brother? No. Amen. And now he went from doing this, he got off, he got off the dolly of God. He, he said, I'm going to go over here because I see, I think this is right. Oh, no, I'm going to come over here. No, see, I think this is right. It's all right. I killed that line anyways, because I have a gift that God has given me. I've got the get the strength, the strength, the spirit of the Lord was upon me. So I killed this line. So you know what? Maybe it's a treat for me, but there's honey in it. I killed it anyways. I'm going to go ahead and partake in this honey. I'm going to go rip it out. And you know what else I'm going to do? Everything I pulled out of this dead carcass, I'm going to go ahead and give it to my mom and to my dad. And now the dishonoring of mom and dad, now he's starting to get away further and further from God and oh check this out look at this prostitute I'm gonna go hang out with this prostitute well and, you know the Bible and this is really strange what the Bible says the Bible says that he didn't stay with there until past midnight almost as if that made a difference I was with her like only an hour bro just an hour I mean you know her and I you know it's 20 minutes bro hello somebody like if you can justify, you know, sin. And we start to minimize, well, it's all right. Well, you know, it's, it's all right. Uh, you know, I just got a little, couple issues. And then all of a sudden now we're stepping away and we're stepping away because You know, I saw that this was good. I took revenge on those Philistines. I'm the one that tied up 300 foxes and set them on fire to destroy all their crops. I I saw that right in my eyes. But never once did I stop and look and ask God, God, is this right? Where should I go, God? And let him be my leader and let him be my guider and let him be the one to where I go. And come on, somebody. He got off the dolly of God. And so now he's so far away that when Delilah shows up to the door, there is a distance between him and God. He was undoing his efforts. How? By disobeying what God says to do. The number one thing that I have found that when we begin to dismantle everything about our walk with God is when we start walking in disobedience. Disobedience will get you further and further and further away from what God wants you to do. And do you realize that when the, the more that we operate in disobedience, the easier it is to put our hand in a dead carcass to reach for honey. And the further and further we get away from, from the Lord and from his word, how easy it is that when we, when we get before and Delilah comes knocking at your door, that you have no power, no strength, no ability, all we know how to do at this point because we are so far, because we've practiced disobedience so much that you would just say, you know what, Delilah, scoot over. Let me see it with you, baby. Come on, somebody. I know this first half ain't too popular. I get it. I understand. And so listen, so all of a sudden now, Delilah is the one that says, oh, yeah, you know, it it was Delilah. It was never Delilah. It never was Delilah. Oh, yeah, no, she came. She came on a mission. She came to she wanted to deal with Samson. She was going to get paid. But the truth of the matter is it don't matter who's getting paid. It don't matter what devil knocks on your door. Because if you know how to roll with God. Hello, somebody. If you know how to roll with God. Come over here. Bring that Delilah to me right now. I'm going to get her saved. What's happening, Delilah? What's going on? Girl, you need Jesus. Come on, somebody. No, 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 Delilah. See, listen, you got me all wrong. You tried to trick me three times already. Oh, but Delilah's cunning. No, God is all powerful. Oh, no, no, no. Delilah knows how to how to move like a snake. But well, the Bible says to be to what, to to be as innocent as a, a dove, to be wise as a serpent. So, well, the Bible says that to be wise as a serpent. Yeah, absolutely. The Bible does. It doesn't mean to act like one. Come on, somebody. Don't mean to act like one. And so how do we undo our efforts and all of a sudden? And so if we understand that undoing our efforts primarily comes from walking in disobedience with God. there, there. Listen, there's no watered down version to this. There's no watered down version to this. If, if you want to depart, you're going to depart. If you want to have the ability to not be able to say no to the Delilahs, if you want to have an ability to be able to reach inside the lion's carcass and grab the honey all day long, you can. And it gets easier and easier and easier when we depart the presence of God Almighty. When we begin to depart from God's word altogether. together. You see, can I tell you that coming to church on Sunday mornings isn't enough? Can I tell you that showing up on Wednesday nights church service isn't enough? Oh, I encourage it. Absolutely. Don't forsake the assembling of the congregations. Oh, go to the life group. But can I tell you that all those things and listen, God sets up shop. But can I tell you that it's not enough? We need proper nutrition in our walk with God. Come on, somebody. You say, Pastor John, is there any good news to this? Because I feel like when I begin to spill that out, there are some of us in this room that begin to understand that there are some areas of disobedience in my life right now. And can I tell you, if that's you, I got some good news for you this morning. Can I tell you that God will never leave you or forsake you this morning? Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what happened to Samson. Samson loses his strength. Because he tells Delilah what happens to his hair, uh, where he gets his strength from. He, he, his hair gets cut. In other words, the vow that he made as a Nazarite is now moved. And now he has no more strength. He can't break the handcuffs. He can't bust the rope no more. And now they got him. And now they've tied him up and they delivered him into the Philistine when God originally called him to deliver the people of Israel out of the Philistines' hands. But now the Philistines got him captured. Here was a man that showed incredible strength to kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And he wasn't even packing it. He just saw it on the ground and said, Give me that. I'll make use of it. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in me. I'll take him out. Here is a man that all of a sudden now was just swayed and all of a sudden. He just wants up to give up the gift that God has given him. You know, the Bible says to fan in the flame, the gift of God, which is already in you by the laying of hands. The Bible didn't say give up the gift of God, which is uh, laid on you by the laying of hands. It says to fan in the flame, the gift of God. It says to stir up the gift that is within you. See, there's a gift that is on the inside of you that God wants you to stir up. Can I tell you that when you begin to stir up that gift that God gives you, can I tell you that things will change? Can I tell you that people will be healed? And all of a sudden now Samson is in this place where now he has just absolutely released the gift of God. He has walked away because he undid his efforts by being disobedient with God. We can undo our efforts this morning. We can come early to church. We can go to the Bible study in the morning, but if we are merely hearers of the word and not doers of the word, we can begin to undo our gift because it's in the hearing. When we hear the word, God will speak to you. God will talk to you. And then all of a sudden, God is going to get you to become active. And then that's where it begins. Whether I choose to obey or disobey. A lot of us in here can read the Bible, but can we live it? Hello, somebody. And all of a sudden now, it's he's close, he's, it, it's all done. He's captured, he's done. The Bible says this strong, incredible man of God with this gift, all of a sudden who was chosen to, to, to release the people of Israel, all of a sudden now this guy, what happens to him? His eyes get plucked out. Incredible strength. And now he can't see. almost as if he lost his vision almost as if God is saying he lost his vision Samson was a natural leader in that day because why have his strength he was appointed by God to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines Samson disobeyed God several times leading to his eventual humiliation in the house of the Philistines But the good news is this, is that God forgave Samson in his disobedience and gave Samson back his strength. Come on, somebody. We need to what? Obey God. And if we haven't, can I tell you this morning that God has the ability to forgive you this morning? He has the ability to forgive me this morning. Amen. Watch this. Put that picture up there. Uh, This is good stuff right here. I I I don't know if I'm encouraging you, hurting you. Look at, oh my God, that's your favorite? Man, I heard this is my favorite. I heard, ooh, I heard, ooh. I saw some of you whisper over, I'm going to go over there right right after service and go get that. Because you didn't know what you were going to eat after church, so now you do. Amen. I mean, the only thing healthy on that plate is the orange. <laughs> or that piece of lettuce that's holding the orange. And you know darn well you ain't touching that lettuce. You know you ain't touching that lettuce. You probably hit the orange though right after just so you can feel a little healthy. Come on now. You might start off with the orange. Be like, oh, I'm on a diet right now. (laughs) Amen. Samson, he had many flaws, but there is good news this morning. Right? God will never leave you or forsake you. I got this picture. No, leave that picture up there. Oh, no. Everybody's going to get messed with this morning. Our walks are either going to change with God or or the way we order from menu is going to change this morning. Amen. When I think of Samson, I think of a real strong guy. I think of a guy, you know, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what he looked like, but the dude must have been a stud. You know, this guy's like, you know, it's all yoked up. I am not even kidding when I tell you this. I wondered to myself, I wonder what it'd be like to work out with Samson in the gym. <laughs> Would I like him or hate him? Amen. You know, is he yoked up or what's up with this guy? And so to undo our efforts, we understand the first thing first What we covered is disobedience with God, right? We're clear on that, amen? That Delilah got way too much credit. It was never about Delilah. It was about the action steps that Samson took by the time Delilah showed up. And if we can stay obedient unto God's word, hello, we stay obedient to God's word, then when Delilah's, because listen, Delilah's are going to show up. They might show up, right? They might show up as soon as you leave the church. They might have showed up this morning. There might be one waiting for you tomorrow. Come on, somebody. There might be some Delilah choices. Guaranteed there's Delilah choices for every single one of us in this room. I can't tell you what time they're going to come, but I promise you they're going to come. And if we walk in a a manner of obedience unto God, Delilah stands no chance. Hello, somebody. If we got proper nutrition, godly nutrition in our life, Delilah doesn't stand a chance. And we stay close with God. You see, the Bible, the Bible is God's love letter to us. See, I'm trying to get to know God. You ain't trying to get to know God if you ain't cracking open his word. Hello, somebody. Oh, see, I, I heard from God. You heard from God? Yeah, I heard from God. Pastor, Pastor, God told me. You did? Yeah. But you don't even know John three sixteen. Oh, but see, i will be hearing from God every day, but you don't be reading about him. Come on, somebody. How do you take on the things of the world without proper nutrition in God's word? Look, you can go to the gym all you want. You can go to the gym all you want. You can go five days or six days a week, seven days a week, go kill yourself at the gym. But if you ain't got proper nutrition, you'll never get to that place you desire to be. That's the absolute truth. In fact, can I tell you that you can lose weight without even going to the gym? Hello, somebody. Can I tell you that you can you can you, you can drop some inches? Oh yeah, you can you can drop all kinds of stuff just by changing your nutrition, just by changing your food. You say, well, I see, I got, Pastor Richard said, everybody got 24 hours in a day. Well, you know, see, uh, see, I I don't have the time for all that. I don't got time to go to the gym, but you have time to decide what you're going to eat. Everybody in here got to eat. Everybody in here got a mouth. In fact, you were designed to eat. (laughs) I was designed to eat. I love to eat. Come on, somebody. You can make a decision as to what you're going to eat, and in the spiritual and the things of God, you make a decision as what you are going to eat this morning. I'm going to come to the table of God. What does that mean? I'm going to come to the table of God. Well, you know, if the table of God just means that you show up once a week to the eight of one, which we, we love. Can I tell you, you are malnutritioned. If showing up to church once a week is your feeding, you are malnutritioned this morning. You are dehydrated in the things of God right now. You say, Oh, that kind of stings a little bit. But you know what, like I told, I told my student one time. He came to me, he was a phenomenal basketball player. Phenomenal. This kid's. I don't even know how he does all that stuff. He comes to me and he tells me his grade in school. And because of his grade in school, he says this: he goes, he goes, Coach, I, I can't. I said, son, you can't play. You got this F. You can't play, son. Not even in his superstardom could he play. Because, see, there was a policy in a ruling place that if you have this grade, you cannot play. And he and, and I and I tell him this, and his eyes water up, and a tear drops down his eye. And I look at him, and this is what I say: I don't say things like, uh, "Oh, you're gonna be all right." Sometimes that conversation is necessary. But in this situation, uh-uh, that's not that's not what Coach John said. Coach John looked at him, and I said, "Son, did it sting you?" He said, "Yep, yeah, Coach. Yep." Yeah. He's holding his heart. I said, "Did it sting you?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Good. I hope it stung you so hard you never get an F for the rest of your life." Come on, somebody. Now that might sound a little mean. But I didn't say it out of meanness. I said it out of love because I care for him. I care what he's going to become. And if we depending on church services to to hear from God. If we if we are depending on, you know, I'm going to show up early on Sunday morning as if, you know, this is the only time I'm getting revelation from the Holy Ghost. We are malnutritioned this morning. We are not built to take on the Delilahs of life. But God indeed gave us a word. God indeed gave us his word. And God gave us a word that can take on any Delilah if she ever decides to show up. God gave us a word that when disease knocks on your door, you look at disease and say, disease, you got to go because I am a child of the most high God. I walk in power. I walk in authority. Oh, death, I do hope you show up because I walk in the abundance of life. I'm not undoing my effort just for any old devil. In fact, I'm going to undo the effort of a devil who tries to show up to my house. Why? Why? Why can I do that? Because I, am, I have the nutrition of God's word on the inside of me. I believe God's Oh, it propels me up. I walk in the manifestation of God's word. I know what God's word does. I've seen it before. I see it again. Come on, somebody. God's word changes people. You can't come and just be feeling sensationalized. Oh, I got the goosebumps. We ought to be getting goosebumps when we crack open the Word of God. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I'm gonna crack this soap. Oh, the Bible says, therefore I have the power of life and death in my tongue, and which, therefore shall I speaketh? Uh oh, Pastor John busting out the King James. <laughs> huh? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about walking into places. Where the human eye in the flesh say, no, you don't belong there. But the spirit of God says, no, show up there. I need you to show up there. Why? Because you you have the presence of me on the inside of you. You carry my word. And I've called you to evict some Delilahs out of that area. I've called you to start moving mountains. Uh, Listen, this is the power of God's nutrition in our lives. I love going to the gym, but I'll tell you what I'll undo every effort that I got that if I go and work out and Put in some work and believe me friends. I'll put in some work. I Don't play around I'll put in work And when I put in my work, I'll go in there for an hour and a half I'll put in my work and I'll do it now. Don't tell me some I used to weigh 280 pounds I used to be a size 44 listen to me a triple X shirt. Listen to me. I know what it's like to put in some effort it takes consistency I don't want to give up oh I know what it's like to pioneer a church somewhere I know what it's like to have seven different ministries a week I know what it's like when all hell is breaking loose on you but you're looking at it not nah, not not today and even though it doesn't look like I'm winning the Bible says that because he won I won but I would never know that friends. I would never know that until I got into the word of God. I would have never known that until I cracked open and started learning what God said. Oh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. My next question to God was, well, what's the plan then, God? Did you tell me the plan? Because I had plans before I was saved and those plans never worked. And all of a sudden now, listen, I go to the gym, but listen, I go to the gym. And I go eat this 3,000 gravy, sausages, and I ain't gonna lie, that looks good, don't it? Come on now, y'all love cupcakes, I love cupcakes. I like the same things you guys do, amen. I mean, when it's time to call a fast, the first thing you think about is a Krispy Kreme donut. Come on now. Huh? I'm telling the truth now. But can I tell you that proper nutrition is what you do before you go to a gym and what you do after the gym. Can I tell you that proper nutrition will help get you those gains? Will help change that waist size. And in the same way as walking powerful men of God, I want to give my 100% effort into what? I mean, if there'd be one thing that you had to put 100% effort Effort into that everybody in here that we should have in common. It's a hundred percent effort in God's word. Okay. Yeah. Maybe God has something different for you in terms of plans and callings. Okay. I get it. Maybe God is calling you to go to a nation and preach to, you know, a million deaf people. Maybe God is calling you to go to be a missionary, uh, maybe somewhere in Africa. Maybe someone's going to end up in a Soviet Union. Maybe God is calling you to, to pioneer a church. I don't know. Maybe God is calling you to uh, lead a, a, a life group, a Bible study. I don't know. I don't know what God is calling you. But one thing I do know is this, that God calls all of us to his word. And if we're going to give 100% efforts... 100% effort looks like this. My nutrition comes from the word of God. Amen. I'm going to give you one more scripture and we're done. I had to, I had to bring this one out because King David is King David. is King David. Amen. We're talking about a guy. We're talking about a guy when everyone else was shaking their knees and shaking their elbows. And they say, you, you kill that giant, I'm going to give you no more taxes. Now, man, I wish somebody would tell me something like that. What, where's the giant at? I don't have to pay no more taxes. Where's the giant at? I will not pay no more taxes. Amen. And the congregation said, Amen. thank you. Amen. Unless you want to pay taxes, that's on you. The reward was don't pay no taxes. Marry into royalty. And some crazy amount of land. And thousands of soldiers. I mean, where I came from, we heard something like that. Hey, check this out, bro. What? Let's go jump that dude and split it. (laughs) Come on. You know that's real. Some of you guys are some bad dudes, though. You guys would have just did it all by yourself. I wasn't that bad. Amen. I need some help. But I want to split that reward. You're King David, King David shows up bringing cheese and bread to the party because his daddy Jesse said, go see your brothers and make sure they eat right. Make sure that you bring them some proper nutrition because they in a war. David shows up and there's this big old nine foot crazy looking six toed giant. Come on now. Crazy looking dude. I mean, I remember one time I got in an elevator with a big dude. I just thought he was heck a big. I thought, man, this guy looks crazy. Can you imagine a nine-foot dude? And David shows up to a war that no one wants to fight. David shows up to a battle that no one wants to take on. David shows up to a nine-foot giant who hadn't put a hand on anybody, but shows up in the morning and shows up at the night, and he'd been screaming for 40 days and 40 nights. He's yelling at the soldiers, and the soldiers are so intimidated and afraid of this giant that has, oh, because they've heard that he's never lost a fight. Oh, because he's the Philistine giant. He's huge, and he's big, and just looking at him, I am already thinking in my mind that I'm outnumbered. But can I tell you that David was properly nutritioned in God? Can I tell you a man of small stature when he showed up, he didn't see the size of the giant. He saw the size of God. Come on, somebody. And he wasn't going to allow no big old giant to undo the effort. His effort when it came to facing this big old giant. In fact, he did quite the opposite. He said, God, if you want to roll, I'll roll. Come on, somebody. And he says, this day, you'll stop defiling the armies of Israel, and you'll stop mocking my God. Uh Uh-oh, quite different from Samson. Samson started saying, me, me, my, my. David's saying, my God, my God, this is my God right here. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to kill you. What does he do? He overthrows this giant. Why? Why does he overthrow the giant? Because he is properly nutritioned with the things of God. He knows who he is. It's like the old song we used to play a couple of years ago. I know who I am. Huh? I know who I am. When I... Can I I'm going to give you a little tidbit that I do. I know this probably sounds dumb. Whatever. This is John Davis. When I face things... And I, and I look at them, and I just know. They, I, just, I, I, I just know there's just no way. My flesh mind wants to always tell me there's no way. There's no way. It can't be done. But my spirit man, because I, I spend time in the word, my spirit man mm, it, it, it take, puts on a new jacket. My spirit man says he's the way, the truth, and the life. My spirit man said, what you want to do, speak death or life? My spirit man says, oh, he says, all things are possible to those who believe. My spirit man is then garmented in the things of God. And then I come out with this saying that I always say when I face it, I will not be denied. I say that to every giant I look at. I'm not going to be denied. Because the reality is there's only two people that can deny you. One is sovereign, and one is the vessel. Only you can deny you, and only God can say no. Proper nutrition in the word of God. Look what David said. Look at this. Look what David said. Real quick, look at this. Your word I have hidden in my. Oh, we got to say that a little bit more. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not against you Do you realize that the word hidden means treasure It just doesn't mean I'm going to take it and I'm going to see you know you play hide and go seek right You're trying to hide from somebody But see it's different with God When the Bible says I I hide The word I have hidden in my heart. You ain't trying to hide from God. You're trying to let God in. And it means the word hidden means to be to mean to treasure. And so there's a treasure chest. And so we are like treasure chest. We are a physical. We are a flesh. And so when we open up, when you open up your treasure chest. Do you've got the gold and the silver and the rubies and the diamonds of God's word in your life? Are we taking time to say, God, I value your word. God, I want your word to be on the inside of me. Why? Why is it so important? Because when chaos happens, peace arises. When nonsense happened, you make sense of all things. When, healing show, when when sickness shows up, let me open up my treasure chest because I'm about to pull out some healing. When gossip starts to arise, you say, oh, backbiting and gossip. You either A, shut it down, or get out of town. Come on, somebody. And without God's proper nutrition, without God's proper nutrition, It'll be hard. We will undo our efforts. I'm going to receive this word this morning. Amen. And I told a story this morning as Vic's going to play. And of course, I'm always given opportunity for salvation. On Wednesday, I talked about a a killer, an effort killer. The effort killer was called comparison, you know, comparing one another. You know, really, when you compare to one another, do you realize you're really competing against God? you realize that? It's like you, you'll never be me. I'll never be you. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Maybe I'll never preach like you, and you'll never preach like me. That's a beautiful thing. Praise the Lord. Different. It are different. But I was telling this story to to the group that meets in the morning. Ah, so horrible. And I remember one time that I was so caught up in comparison one time in my life. This was years ago. I was so caught up in comparison. That. It started to take me out of the will of God. Because I started to think that I had to be like. Pastor so and so pastor so and so and I was actually getting out of what God was calling me to do see unity isn't all being the same unity is serving the same God complementing one another understanding one another's gifts we'd never be the same but we're brothers we'd never be the same but we're sisters and I'll never forget on a Wednesday you guys know my mom and dad are deaf I preached to the deaf nation that's the nation God gave me he gave me that I never asked for it I was born into it God gave me this nation in fact I never even wanted to do that God called me to the deaf nation he didn't call you the deaf nation he didn't call you no no God gave you everyone got their own nation but I almost derailed that nation because I got caught up in comparison And I started to notice that my nutrition in God started to die down. I stopped believing what he was saying and started believing what they were saying. And my flesh then began to start building and my spirit, man, started to start declining. And I'll never forget on a Wednesday night that I was preaching and I was preaching. And man, I poured out my heart. I loved God. I did. I loved God. And I was pouring out my heart and I was doing all these things. And I have this knack for using my hands and using my body and I do sound effects. That's John Davis. God built me that way. I am who I am in him. But because I didn't have proper nutrition, the way I was supposed to, a devil in a whisper showed up. And when I got into my car, the devil in the whisper showed up and began to speak to me and say, you look so stupid using your hands. Because I'm a hand man. Because I use sign language. That's my first language. And I believed it. I swallowed the bait. Instead of going to God's word. And for six months I stopped preaching. Because I believed the lie. And that was because. I stopped kind of really getting into the nutritional things of God. And then one day. Somebody spoke something over me. And it all snapped. And God began to change me right afterwards can I tell you this morning that you are unique but even in your uniqueness and even though God has given each and every one of us in this room a gift can I tell you that the gift needs proper nutrition in God's word Christians praying just for a moment if you don't know God this morning if you don't know Jesus this morning like I mean really ask yourself the question don't worry about who's around you I promise you probably the person sitting next to you praying for you if you don't know Jesus this morning and you don't know if heaven will be your home I mean if you walked out the doors and you know that you've been walking in disobedience or maybe walking in an area of sin. Listen, we, the, the Bible says we're all sinners saved by grace through faith that no man can boast. But if, have you ever called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and just wanted forgiveness? Maybe maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Is there anybody in here? Would you slip up your hand? Because I, I would not want you to leave this room. Eternity. Eternity is in play here. Eternity is so important. Amen. I'm going to do a second altar call. Maybe you're like Samson. And maybe you are on God's dolly. Somewhere along the way, you started kind of walking away. And you find yourself constantly walking in disobedience with God. This is a tough altar call. Because, man, would you dim these lights right here for me, sir? This is a tough altar call. Who's looking at me? I've been walking in disobedience. I'm, I have to say this because I know the Lord told me to say this. If you've been walking in disobedience and you know it. You know it. I I can't answer that question. You know you've been walking in areas of disobedience with God. God is not doing this altar call to shame you. He's doing it because he claims you. He's doing it because his hand is on you. When Samson was tied to the pillars and in his shame when his eyes were poked out and he's beaten, he looks, he looks up to heaven and he can feel the pillars in his hands and he says, God, just one more time. Just one more time. God, would you do it one more time? And God didn't leave him or forsake him. God answered him and brought healing unto Samson's life. If there be anybody in here and you feel like that your area that you need God, you want to be honest with God this morning, just come up to the altar